we wish we had your faith. We admire you. In fact, we're kind of envious how lucky you are. I guess you could say we're searching. Welcome to the Search in Your City podcast. I'm your host, Blaine Larson, and today we're talking with Bill Mast. Bill is our area director way up north in the Twin Cities. And Bill, it is a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for joining me. Thanks, Blaine. It is a delight to be here with you. Thanks for inviting me. Well, people say that to me all the time, you know, that it's just fun to hang out with me. It is. (laughs) Oh, okay. So we're- we're, Truthfully, truthfully, it is. I know. That's why I said that. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, here we go. Let's let's dive right in here, Bill. Um, So- one of the fascinating things to me that we're talking about a lot on the podcast is the questions that are coming up right now as we're dealing with everything related to the coronavirus, right? So I'm just really curious where you are in the Twin Cities. What questions are people asking? What's on the forefront of their minds? And how are you responding to some of those questions? Mm. Great question. And, you know, we are shelter at home here in Minnesota, like a lot of places. Uh, I'd like to say we have a lot of interaction with our uh, our spiritually seeking friends, not, maybe not quite as much as what we'd hoped, um, but we still make attempts to make connections. But one thing I did in kind of response to your question a few days ago was go out and do a little polling uh, of people in my small groups and other business leaders and, and ask that same question. So uh, I'll, I'll share two stories. Um, one is from uh, a Christian business leader who um, his take on this was, I I see a lot of fear that's driven by uncertainty. I thought that was a great way to put it. Mm. Fear driven by uncertainty. And that was among kind of employees as well as clients and people asking, you know, what do I do to handle this? How do I handle this? And something he's noticed is kind of a, what he described as somewhat of a, a follower sort of mentality. You know, we're getting 24 seven bad news and uh, you know, what's everybody doing? How, how, how is everybody else handling this? And if it's working, you know, then the herd moves in that direction, but then the next week <laughs> that might change. And then the herd moves in the, in the other direction. So something they've done as a company, and it's a Christian known and Christian led company. They, they've taken this philosophy. They, they say they, they've given three bullet points, be calm, be a leader and have a bias for action. So as leaders in a, in a company, which, you know, it, it's, it's led by Christians, um, but they, they want to be active. They want to be intentional. They want to move forward. They want to, they, they know it's easy for people to get down. So they've taken that perspective of be calm, be a leader and have a bias for action. In other words, don't wait, be intentional and serve your clients, be kind to one another, uh, provide resources and do what you can. But I thought that was really neat way to respond to what they're seeing as uncertainty among their own employees and in, in their clients. So, um, yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, then secondly, uh, another wonderful story. This comes from one of our, our board members. When I, when I asked him the same question, you know, are you having any conversations? Are you getting, getting a feel for, for uh, people who we would describe as spiritual tire kickers and what they might be saying or asking? So what uh, I'll just call him John and his wife. They they 
you know, made some chocolate chip cookies. They've lived in their neighborhood 20 years. Uh, uh, his wife uh, packaged them up real neatly, wrapped them up, put a card on each one. And the card said, how are you doing? And they were personally signed, right? How are you doing? Second one, how can we help you? Third bullet point, how can we pray for you? And then they placed their personal email on that, went around to, I think, 13 neighbors. All 12 of the 13 accepted the little cookie package. The 13th didn't, only because they had some uh, uh, nutritional issues. They Did you send those my said, way? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Chocolate chip cookies, please. Bill, those are my absolute favorite dessert ever. Oh, me too. I just love them. And... <laughs> So that, that's kind of phase one, right? Uh, handing them all out, personal email. The next day, I got two prayer requests that came in the very next day. And within about a week, they got seven thank you cards in their mailbox from their neighbors. So that's kind of the end of phase one. Phase two, uh, you know, they're, they're looking for conversation. They're looking for follow-up. So John and his wife go out walking their neighborhood. They see new neighbors that had moved in about a year before went up and kept social distancing, but started a, started a conversation. And this, this, uh, this couple said, you know, John, we wish we had your faith. We admire you. In fact, we're kind of envious how lucky you are. I guess you could say we're searching <laughs> you know, as, as search guys, we're like, yeah, how many more people like that are around there? Uh, but just this little act of passing out chocolate chip, chocolate chip cookies and then following up with a conversation of how you're doing, this couple said, boy, I guess we're kind of searching. They had a good conversation about kind of the, the, the good news of God in, in a more general way. Uh, now move forward to phase three, step three. Uh, another conversation ensued a few days later, and something similar occurred. Uh, and this was a few days after after Easter. So John just ex- went further with the conversation, explained the good news, and he gave evidence for the empty tomb. You know, this this all for us goes back to the empty tomb of Jesus. We believe he, believe he rose from the dead, and there's good evidence to believe that. And he he laid it out to him. And each of those two conversations. Both this neighbor and John said the words, to be continued. In other words, hopefully we can get together more and keep this conversation going. And I'm thinking, that is, that is so cool to, to just do a little thing, like, like mixing some flour and sugar and chocolate chips together and handing it out and then waiting to see what God does. And they, they didn't even know their neighbors were in this sort of situation, but that's the question that they came forward with, right? Bill, that's an amazing idea. I mean, I'd almost be curious now it, when everybody listens to this podcast, how many little bags of chocolate chip cookies are made with notes and how many of those get around to all kinds of neighborhoods around the country. That is a, it's, I mean, it's amazing. It's a, it's a great little way to connect with our neighbors and have conversations that are meaningful. So thanks for sharing it. It was awesome. Yeah. You know, and one of the things we're teaching, uh, as you know, Blaine, among our staff is is modeling this idea of relational evangelism, of looking for open doors, praying for open doors, being sensitive to our friends among us who have good questions. 
And when those questions come, to be ready and politely answer them. And in this, in this case, it was, you know, I, I guess you would say we're searching. And then John and his wife just went right into a very pleasant conversation of which both couples said to be continued. So, um, yeah, I think that's, you know, as I've talked to other friends too, it's just go, um, it's just fun to hear people being on the lookout, caring for neighbors, particularly shut-ins, uh, seeing how their friends who are business owners are doing, if their business in particular is shut down for the time being. Um, you know, I, I think this is a time where the, where, where, where Christ followers can really shine. And uh, that kind of leads me to a passage of scripture I'd like to share, if that'd be okay now, unless you want to ask some other questions, Blaine. <laughs> I got all kinds of questions for you, Bill, but not for the podcast. Um, all right. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, we. I would love to hear, you know, one of the things that we've been doing uh, pretty regularly on here is is just having all of you who join me share something from the scripture that is meaningful to you right now. So what is that for you? Hmm. This is from uh, the book of Titus. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people listening spent their uh, devotional time today in Titus, right? Chapter 2, uh, 11 through 15, and it's just kind of jumped out at me recently, and it reads as follows, beginning in verse 11. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people. It trains us to reject godless ways and worldly desires and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. You know, I, I asked myself, what, what's that term mean for the grace of God has appeared? It, it really points to the to Jesus, doesn't it? The, the birth of Jesus, the life, the, the crucifixion, the resurrection, the grace of God has appeared to us through the life of Jesus. The Gospel of John tells us that the law came through Moses the grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. And here, here's another example of it. The grace of God has appeared, offering salvation to all people. And those who have accepted that salvation by faith, then the grace of God trains us. It equips us to reject the things that God doesn't care for, the things he does, dislikes, uh, and to live in the way that God values and then it says at the end of verse 12, in this present age. And the first century Christians who were hearing this were like, yeah, in this present age, that's us. How do we live? And the Apostle Paul, writing to Timothy, was telling them. And yet here today we say, yes, in this present age, it still applies to us living in this age of a COVID-19 pandemic. Verse 13, as we wait for the happy fulfillment of our hope and the glorious glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, we long for his return. That's the promise the Apostle Paul, writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to Titus, his disciple, is reminding him of. We have this hope. One commentator said that, uh, uh, in responding to this, that hope in the New Testament is not one of uh, merely what is wished for, but what is assured what is certain i love that that's one of the intangibles of the christian faith is that we have hope and it's not just wishful thinking like gee i hope i wish the wish i win the lottery but it's hope it's a certainty and we have hope in his coming once again and being with him for all eternity and then finally a couple more points on these passages that verse 14 he gave himself for us to set us free 
from every kind of lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for truly his who are eager to do good who are eager to do good i'm thinking of my friends the board member and his wife they, they did something good they just went out into their neighborhood and passed out a note and some chocolate chip cookies i heard a principal a number of years ago from a christian friend who said good works promotes goodwill which opens people to the good news isn't that good good works promotes goodwill which opens people to the good news and that's exactly what this little chocolate chip cookie endeavor did you know good works it created goodwill and this one couple was like man what do you guys have i i'm searching you're this i'm envious of what you have well bill this is really it's 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 great, it, and it brings me. I want to ask you a question, going all the way back to one of the first verses on the grace of God. Okay, so a lot of people listening might say that word grace is something that we hear a lot, or we you know sometimes periodically we hear the word grace, but maybe we don't fully know what it means. So, mm-hmm. can you just help us when? You know, it sounds like it can be like just a religious word, right? But it really is something that's so important and meaningful that, I mean, gosh, we could do hours and hours of podcasts just on that one word, right? But so what is Paul talking about when he uses that word grace? Mm. You know, I think we understand this to mean free gift, which the gift of salvation is. It's offered freely. Christ has done the work for us completely. He completely satisfied Uh, God the Father, and he took upon God's anger and wrath upon himself so that we wouldn't have, and it's offered freely to us. I can't earn it. I don't deserve it. It is a gift. And I I think in living this out, uh, there's also, there's a two-sided part of this uh, gift, this grace coin, as it were. One side is that it's offered freely, but the other side of the coin is that it needs to be received freely. Uh, so God offers us this free gift of eternal life, but we also realize I can only receive it freely. I can't earn it. And then living it out every day, Blaine, um, you know, if someone offers me help, uh, freely, I'm really called to receive that freely. And if I extend grace or a gift or a service to someone, and yet they turn it down, reject it, don't need my help, and they're kind of you know, not willing to perhaps accept that. So I, I think particularly in the body of, of believers, we sometimes forget that second part that when something's offered freely, it's it's probably a good thing to accept that freely as well. So we have the gift of God, the grace of God given to us, but then amongst us as followers of Christ, we get to live out that grace of God, not only giving, but also receiving as well. Well, Bill, you're probably the only person in the history of the world to ever connect chocolate chip cookies in the grace of God in <laughs> one short little uh, little passage there. But no, this is this has been phenomenal. Thank you for joining me on the podcast today. And I want to thank everyone for listening to the Search in Your City podcast. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe to our feed, share it with your friends, and uh, send us a little note. Maybe you're best chocolate chip cookie recipe. I don't know, but anything you want to tell us, send it on over to podcast at searchnational.org. And until next time, thanks for listening.